turn with me to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. And we're going to read verses 35 through 45 as our text. Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. As we come to a close of 2019, and we're about to enter into a new year, 2020, one of the things that we do is we always look back on the year that's about to end, and we reflect on our life and things that has happened in our life, things that was successful, things that was missed opportunities or failures. And there is always a purpose within us to do better in the coming year, isn't there? And most of the time, as we enter the new year, we try to make New Year's resolutions. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning Dreams and goals, not, new, not necessarily New Year's resolutions, because if you're like me, they last about as long as the sunrise. <laughs> I have good intentions, but they don't go very far. But we should enter the new year with dreams or desires and goals for ourselves. And some of those are in the natural world, but most of them should be in the spiritual world, in in our spiritual life, in our relationship with the Lord. And that's what I want to talk about more this morning is our dreams or desires and our goals that we're setting for the coming year in our spiritual relationship with the Lord. And so let's read this text, and then talk about dreams and goals. Verse 35 says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, meaning Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. How many times do we come to the Lord with that same phrase? Lord, there's something that I want you to do for me. I have a request for you. I have a need. I want you to do this for me. And it should, it's all right for us to bring our petitions before the Lord. And we should do it boldly and with the confidence that the Lord wants to do those things for us and that he not only is capable of it, but that he will do it for us because he loves us. But I think if we would be better off instead of coming to him and saying, Lord, we want you to do this for me, we would say, Lord, what is it that you would want me to do for you? Because if we would do that, we would find ourselves more in His will for our lives and we would know how to bring our petitions before Him and we would know what our petitions should be. 
But, but James and John, they come to Jesus and they say, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And I think that Jesus, and I'm amazed at his answer, but I shouldn't really be because of who he is. But Jesus has every right, because of who he is, he has every right to answer them, wait a minute. James, John, wait a minute. I'm the master here. You're the servant. I'm the teacher here. You're the student. What right do you have talking to me this way? What right do you have in commanding me to do something for you? But look at how Jesus responds in the next verse. It says, and he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? Instead of demanding his rights, he asked them, what is it that you want? How many times do we go to him demanding things because we feel we need them Or it's important for us to have it. And instead of him demanding of us and saying, wait a minute. I'm the master here. You're my servant. I'm the teacher. And you're my students. You should be asking me what you can do for me. But Jesus doesn't respond that way to us, does he? Most of the time. He asks us, what is it that you want? Why? Because that is who He is. His love for us is beyond our comprehension. The depths of it is beyond comprehension. And even though He knows He has a right to demand our gifts, He humbles himself to us and says, what is it that you would want? And they said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your kingdom or in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Jesus takes a moment to do a teaching here. And he's, he, notice he doesn't condemn them for what they're asking. He simply points out, it's a noble thing you ask, but reality is you don't really understand all that you're asking. And so he points out to them what it's going to require of them. He said, that's a great dream or goal to have, but I want you to know what is required of you in order to realize that dream or to experience that dream. He says, are you able to drink the cup that I drink? 
And then he continues and he says, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. Notice Jesus didn't fill their heart with false promises, false hopes. He simply said, that's not mine to give. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you want to spend eternity on my right hand and on my left, but that's not mine to give. In verse 41, we see a little bit of a change. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to him, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Notice when James and John first start out, what they're wanting is a position of honor. But by the time we end this passage of scripture, Jesus is teaching them how to receive true honor. He does a little bit of teaching there and he's showing them, James and John, you don't just want a position of honor. I want to show you how to receive real honor. And he explains it to them. This morning we're going to look at dreams and goals. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, I pray that through this message this morning, you will teach us that it's great to have dreams and desires and goals in our life. But those dreams and those goals need to be such as will draw us closer to you. And that will cause our lives to bring true honor to you and glory to you rather than to ourselves. Let your word come alive to us, Lord, once again as you teach us. In Jesus' name, amen. As we enter a new year, again, it's important for us to have dreams or desires and to set goals. Because dreams give us a vision for achievement. And setting goals give us targets that reaching them gives us a sense of accomplishment. If we don't have dreams and goals, then we will just 
live through the year randomly doing things. We will start projects but not finish them before we move on to the next one. If we don't have dreams and and goals, we'll get caught up in fads. Whatever is the latest teaching, whatever is the latest clothes, you know, the attire that is fashionable, we'll desire to attain them. We'll chase whatever seems to be the latest goal for at the job, somebody else's dream. We'll chase someone else's dream. We'll try to achieve someone else's goal rather than our own. And that's why it's so important for us to have our own dream, our own desires, or our own goals. So that we're chasing after the thing that God wants us to in order for us to draw closer to Him in our relationship with Him. That will put us in a position to be able to accomplish the work that He desires us to be involved in. Dreams or desires also give us a purpose in life. Dreams give us a sense of direction in our life. The key is dreaming realistic and attainable dreams or desires. Because if your desires are unrealistic or unattainable, you're setting yourself up for failures and frustrations and disappointment. If you set goals that that you have no way of achieving them, you'll become disappointed in your own self and in in your life. And you'll start chasing things that will just be empty, causing you to become even more disappointed in life. James and John had a very desirable dream. They desired to sit one on the right and the other on the left of Jesus when he came into his glory. And when you stop and think about it, it's a very bold request. None of the other 12 disciples were thinking along these lines. James and John was so bold in their thinking. When Jesus comes into his power, we want to be right there with him. Let me encourage you to make one of your dreams for this year to dwell closer to the Lord throughout the year. Not just occasionally. Not just occasionally come into His presence and enjoy the the excitement of being in the presence of a holy God. But make it your dream, your desire, your goal to dwell in His presence. To dwell, to make His presence your dwelling place. To desire to live there. But Jesus responds to James and John by saying, You don't know what you're asking. 
you don't realize how big your dream is. Let me say this. When you share your dream or your desire with people or your goal, people will try to crush your dreams by telling you that they're impossible. They'll try to crush you by telling you that they're unattainable. To give up, to set lower goals. While Jesus wants you to know what it will require of you. When Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking, He wasn't trying to crush their dreams. He was trying to open the discussion up to let them know that they didn't understand what it would be required of them to attain the dream. And that's what Jesus does. He will never crush your dream. But He will always point out what it will cost you to obtain it if you'll consult Him. He wants you to know that your dreams will have a cost to it. So that way, in the middle of it, you don't become discouraged and give up. He wants you to know ahead of time that this is a big dream and without me being a part of it, it won't be achievable. And that there is a cost that will be required of you. And if you're willing to pay that cost, then together we can achieve that dream. And so Jesus does a teaching moment. And he said, are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Notice Jesus says, are you able to drink? He doesn't say, are you willing to drink? He says, are you able to drink? Are you capable of the suffering That will come as you pursue this dream. Because Jesus already knew the drink that he was going to have to drink. He knew the cup that he was going to have to drink from. He knew the suffering that he was about to face. As he went to Calvary. The suffering that he was going to have to endure in order to pay the the debt for the sins of the world. He understood all that that was going to entail. And and for James and John to be able to sit in a place of honor at his right and left hand, he knew that they would also have to drink from that same cup. Not to the extent that he was going to, but they would still have to drink from the same cup. And he's trying to draw their attention to it. And he's he's telling them, it's not just a place that's easily obtained. Are you willing to drink of suffering? Are you able to do it? Will you be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? 
which we understand is the baptism within the Holy Spirit. And Jesus again knew that they would. You see, acquiring dreams or desires always require you to stretch beyond your known capabilities. That's why they're dreams. They don't just naturally happen. They don't just naturally take place. It requires you to stretch beyond what you think you can do. And that's what Jesus is letting them know and bringing that to their attention. He's saying, will you be able to drink from the cup that I drink from? You want to sit on the throne with me, next to me. Are you willing to drink from the cup that I have to drink from? Are you willing to be stretched beyond the capabilities that you believe you have right now? And James and John answered Jesus, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that. Even though they didn't fully understand what it all entailed, they spoke positively and told Jesus, yeah, we can drink from that cup. Yeah, we, we, we want to be baptized with the baptism you have. Now, I don't believe James and John were being arrogant or boastful with this answer. I believe they just, they loved Jesus so much that their desire was to be with him Not just in his kingdom, but to be next to him. They had followed him for nearly three years. And they had watched him. And they decided, this is the man that we want to follow. And when he comes into his kingdom, we want to make sure we're there, right there with him. We don't want to miss anything. I believe they were showing how deeply they loved Jesus, not being boastful or arrogant, but they're just saying, we love you so much, Jesus. We want to make sure we're right there with you, supporting you. And I believe Jesus saw that in them. And he said, you will indeed drink from the cup that I drink from. And you will indeed be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. He looked into the future and he said, you will drink of the cup of suffering. Now we understand they didn't drink it to the extent that Jesus did. But they still drank from the same cup. They suffered for their allegiance to Jesus. And on the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the same baptism that Jesus had. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, when you have a dream or a desire, you set a goal for your your life. Let Jesus be the one to tell you whether or not you can, can obtain those dreams. Let Jesus be the one who speaks into your spirit whether or not your dream is attainable. Don't listen to the opinion of people 
who do not know the future, who cannot see the future, who most of the time refuse to dream themselves. Don't listen to their opinion. Listen to Jesus because His voice is the only voice that counts. When you're setting your dreams and your desires and setting your goals, the only voice that matters is Jesus's. So let Him be the one to tell you whether or not you're setting the right goals, you're dreaming the right dreams. Because He and only He knows whether or not those dreams will lead you closer to Him or lead you away from Him. And when He tells you don't dream those dreams, accept it and set different dreams. Because you don't want to dream anything that will take you away from Him. Who will lead you or will lead you away from your relationship with Him. So listen to His voice. Next, as we read verse 41, we see why it's important not to listen to the voice of of people and the opinions of others. Verse 41 says, And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. They became jealous. They began, became angry with James and John for saying they wanted to be the ones to sit next to Jesus. Don't be surprised. If your dreams and desires cause others who don't dream themselves to be jealous of you. Don't be surprised if people misunderstand you and the goals you set for yourself. Don't be surprised if people start rising up against you trying to prevent you from accomplishing your dreams the closer you get to them. Don't be surprised if it angers some people. And don't let the jealousy of others cause you to lose your dreams. And then finally, allow Jesus to tweak your dreams and goals and teach you along the way. Allowing Jesus to teach you will help you keep your priorities and your perspectives. It will help you make sure your dreams and goals nurtures your godly character and enhance your relationship with Him. Look at verses 42 through 45. This is after he has listened to James and John and their desire to be on his right and his left And this is after he heard the other ten rise up in anger at them. Jesus responds to all twelve. You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave 
of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. James and John wanted to sit in a place of honor. But Jesus showed them how to receive true honor by being a servant. So for this coming year, what are your dreams? What are your goals? What's the desire for your life? Maybe you haven't thought much about it. Maybe you have the year planned out. Whether you've planned it all out, set all your goals, or you haven't thought much about it, let me encourage you to include the Lord's help as you set goals. Maybe you need to tweak them a little bit, change them a little bit as you ask the Lord's help. But let Him show you how to achieve those dreams. Don't, let, don't just try to get His okay on them, but seek His help in how to achieve it. And then finally, before you can open the door and pursue new dreams and new goals, you have to be willing to let go of the old dreams. You have to let go of the past failures and painful frustrations before you can move forward. Being tied to the, those past unfulfilled dreams will hinder you from reaching forward to new ones. And maybe you're here and you have some unfulfilled dreams from last year. Some of them you just feel, oh well, Maybe I'll try to fulfill them in this coming year. But some of those unfulfilled dreams are really holding you back because it gives you a sense of failure. And if that's true, you have to let go of that failure or that sense of failure before you can strive to meet new. Don't carry the baggage of 2019 into 2020. Start afresh and new. Those dreams or goals that you didn't reach last year, let them go. Turn them over to the Lord and let them go. And set new ones. Whatever the reason you weren't able to fulfill them or meet them, whatever the reason, whether it was your fault or someone else's, let it go. Especially if you didn't meet them because of someone else's 
interference. Because holding on to that will cause you to become bitter and angry. Especially at that person. And if you harbor anger and bitterness at that person, it will eat you away. And it will impact your relationship with the Lord in 2020. Remember, I made that point. Let 2020 be the year you dwell in His presence. That you set up your home in His presence. If there's bitterness inside you, you won't be able to do that. That bitterness will be a distraction that will eat you away, eat away at you and cause you to focus on revenge and, and those types of things rather than on glorifying the Lord. So maybe you're here this morning as, as the altar call. Maybe you're here this morning and you have some unfulfilled dreams or goals. And maybe you're not, not really disappointed over them, but you may be tied to them more than you realize. But maybe you are terribly disappointed. But if you have unfulfilled dreams from last year, I, I want to invite you to come forward and find a place of prayer and ask Jesus to release you from those unfulfilled dreams. Ask Jesus to take that, that away, that focus from them. Good or bad focus. Ask Him to release you from those old dreams. And then while you're praying, ask Jesus for new dreams, for new goals in your life. And then say, Lord, I want my strategy to come from You. Give me a strategy that will help me attain these new goals. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you haven't thought much about 2020. You're just happy to survive 2019. <laughs> Maybe you're just thinking about New Year's Eve party. And you think 2020 will take care of itself. I want to remind you. And I don't want to pour cold water on you, but I want to remind you there is an enemy that lurks in 2020. And he would love for you to enter 2020 without a strategy. Spiritually. Without a strategy of how to live a godly life. Because he's looking for weaknesses in your life that he can put his foot in the door. You need a strategy for 2020. And I want to invite you to come to the front or make a, 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 an altar where you're at, but spend some time and saying, Lord, I want a strategy for 2020. I want some goals that I can focus on for 2020. 
I want a dream that you birth in my spirit that is greater than what I am, that will cause me to have to stretch beyond my known capabilities. Give me a dream that that I can only attain it with coupling my efforts with your efforts to succeed. And then say, ask the Holy Spirit Reveal a strategy for it, Lord. Holy Spirit, give me a strategy. I want to recognize the efforts of of the enemy as he tries to prevent me from dwelling in your presence. That your presence will be my dwelling place. That's my desire, Lord. That's my desire. Give me a strategy that will help me achieve it. To be able to recognize the enemy and not just be defensive, but to be on the offensive. To turn back the efforts of the enemy to hold me back. Will you find a place of prayer and seek the Lord this morning? As you enter 2020, let this be your greatest year in your relationship with the Lord. Let this be the year that your dwelling place is found in Him and Him alone. Will you find a place of prayer?